This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Royal Daltons with Michael and Glenn on Joy 94.9. I certainly are. It's great to have your company on your Wednesday afternoon, 22 minutes past four. Loads of good information for our mate Florence, who's not well. Yeah. We'll get to that. We will get to that. But we've got some guests, don't we? We do. Now, uh, we mentioned a little earlier that uh, one of uh, the great musicals uh, written over the last 50 years is a musical called Blood Brothers. Didn't you say it was the best? Well, I did say it is. I think it's one of the best. And it tells a story of uh, two boys separated at birth. It's uh, about to have a season at the Alex Theatre in St Kilda and we are joined by two of the stars, Josh Pitterman and Michael Cormick. Welcome, boys. Well, good afternoon. Hello, lads. I I can't believe it's the first time either of these have been on our show, Michael. It's not right, is it? I know, it's It's not right. It's not quite right, is it? Travesty. Well, they are busy, though, aren't they? (laughs) Well, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. I've just flown in, darlings, just for this. LA, was it LA or New York? Oh, well, it was actually Sydney, Sydney. but still. Via New York. Via New York, yes. (laughs) Via LA. For the Tonys. Yes, that's it. (laughs) Now, Michael, you've been doing this already, haven't you? You've been doing this up in We had an amazing sold-out season in Sydney. Um, Incredible acclaim. Look, and just the most beautiful cast I think I've ever worked with. Right. And I must say, honestly, in in my opinion, one of the best things I've ever worked on. I was going to say, because you've done Beauty and the Beast, Phantom, and loads of others. I mean, he's even done Annie. I've even we're done any. I even shaved my head off for that. Can we're you so believe jealous. It? It's, it, it, <laughs> on national thought, television. I thought Annie had red. Oh, Daddy. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I tried that one, but they, they yeah. would have been a great Annie. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. It's but, a hard nut life. <laughs> well, we love that. And you recently did uh, Sondheim, didn't you? I did Sondheim on Sondheim here yes. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Which went very, very well. Incredibly well. Yeah. I mean, we, it was a very short amount of time for us to get it together. An incredible cast, again, of amazing talent. And, yeah, we wowed them, I think. Yeah. By all accounts, yes. Mm, but uh, your role is kind of the narrator of the story, isn't it's it? It's the narrator. I like to think of it as he's the consciousnessnessness right. of really the two women who basically, you know, sell their souls to the devil. Well, they don't really. They just, you know, give away one son and the other one accepts her. Yep. That's, Him. Yeah, that's kind of the story, isn't it? That uh, a woman, uh, Mrs. Johnston, is born, or she gives birth to twins and she can't afford to keep both and so she has to give one away. Well, that's right. Yeah. And, and uh, otherwise... To Mrs. Lyons, who can't have children. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So and Josh will play, yes, the one that is... Her. Yeah, so I play Mrs. Lyons' son, Edward. So, they're, cause so they're I'm brought up into upper class. Yeah, yes. that's right. They're separated in one... Which is good for a private schoolboy of Melbourne. Seems right. to work out Which well. Which you are, yeah. yeah. And all of Wesley College will be... <laughs> You're not really acting in this. No, not at all. <laughs> no. And I won't be donning my purple and yellow uniform, but purple would be a fabulous colour for it. Oh, it'd be brilliant. Yeah. Well, it would. But I mean, the, the 60s, you know, in uh, you know, Liverpool... I'm it would be grey. Grey, grey, all would the way. Still fit, Josh Pitterman. Uh, no, not in the lap. Doesn't matter. He'll <laughs> squeeze into it. Don't you worry. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's going on at the Alex as well. Have you been down there already? I haven't seen it yet, but I'm, I'm now I'm here in Melbourne. I will check it out this week. It's the new venue, isn't it? Yeah, Fitzroy Street in St Kilda. Uh, brand new venue. Uh, you only about the third or fourth show to go in there, I think. Exactly. Yeah, it's mm. taken over from the George, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which was a great establishment, and I'm sure there's still great parking underneath. I'm going to tell you a little story. My what got me through union. First and second year was being a general mallet. Sorry, have you been to uni? 
<laughs> yeah, I went to uni. It was so, only a day um, trip. I was general manager of vehicular operations at, mm. uh, at Regal Car Park, which is a car park under there. That's what we call a car park attendant right. when you've had a Wesley education. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I know it very well, and I spent a lot of time at the George Cinema, but I've never been to the Alex, so I'm looking forward to how they've reconstructed it. <laughs> yeah. And if we go along and we drive, will yeah. you be able to help us with our cars, or will you be no, busy? I'll be backstage doing my makeup. Oh. Oh. No, no. No, he can help actually help you out in school uniform, I think. Yeah. Oh. God, the gay. <laughs> Booking immediately. Bring all these elements. <laughs> Don't we have to share a dressing room in this, Josh? Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, all right, yeah. there we go. Now you're not alone. There are others in this. Who else is in this? Well, yeah, the beautiful it's Helen Dellymore playing a a dream Mrs. Johnson. Dream, oh, look, incredible. Now, I mean, the the that role, Mrs. Johnson, is one of the kind of female roles that uh, artists just mm-hmm. aspire to. It's up there with Norma Desmond and mm-hmm. probably Eva Peron, isn't it? And let me tell you, she, I aspire to She it. does it. Yeah. Mm. Helen does it. What a I voice. Mean, wow. And just, just her acting chops. She's just, she's phenomenal. She's phenomenal. And, yeah. of course, there's the, look, he's semi-talented, but, you know, that Bobby Fox boy that's going to play. Robert Fox. Yeah, Robert Fox. <laughs> <laughs> he's all right, you know. He's all right. He's all right. Josh, he's your brother then, is he? He, he is my, my blood brother. Mm. Yeah, he is. Uh, and uh, he's, um, he's actually a good mate of mine, Bobby, too. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really nice to... To play alongside a, a buddy and, and be real brothers. Or Are you loving the accent? Are you loving coming? I'm, to I am. I am loving the accent. Um, is it, is I, it, is I don't it ha- like a Yorkshire accent. No, I don't have to Liverpool. go as Liverpugglian no, as right. Liverpool. Liverpool. Right. Um, as uh, Bobby does, um, because of my wonderful upper class yes. upbringing, I I managed to to learn a little bit of. Um, yeah, the nicer accent than that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Bobby certainly does it brilliantly. I've been uh, I've been working with him in the gym a little bit, training him for the role, and uh, he, <laughs> um, he he throws it out all the time. He's actually it's actually brilliant. He does a very, very what about yours? Very can, talented. can you can you give us some of yours? No, I probably won't be giving you any of mine. <laughs> okay, so yours is yours is a lot well better. Okay, so private school right. education will do that for you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Now, but when's anyway, it going you know, on? to, to, to apologise to the Liverpudlians out there, um, it's not really <laughs> a, an awful accent. Actually, I love doing the Liverpool accent. We had we had a fantastic time with that. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, it's a, and you know it, Michael. You know, being mm-hmm. from the. So um, yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's one of the hardest accents to do. It is a hard one. Yeah. Okay. Except for that in Scottish. Or, I don't think Welsh is overly easy, though, is it? No, it's not. You but end up sounding Indian. But I think that most people don't know the difference. I mean, really? <laughs> really? I mean, unless okay. you are from the UK, you don't really, really? know the difference oh, know between a Yorkshire oh, or Liverpool. Oh, I, I reckon. Do you know, we had many Liverpudlians come into the show and they were amazed. They were like, they yeah. absolutely believe we're all from England, we're all from Liverpool. And uh, they thought that the whole cast had been brought out to Australia. Seriously? To play the role. Yeah, wow. Wow. which is really lovely. It's a lovely compliment. Great compliment to us. Mm. It, it is an interesting show in terms of that it does have, and you know, part of this is, I guess, your role, Michael. It's sort of a moralistic kind of tale. Yeah, and I think that's that's the part that I try to be a little careful with. That that the narrator is actually just the neutral sense of it. And when I say neutral, I mean he's the conscious of the women. You know, he's really voicing what is going on inside their head. You know mm. how we always have a million voices, all of us, you know, going, I wish I, I hadn't don't done know that. what you mean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wish I hadn't gone out last night, but I did. Um, it's, it's that sort of thing. And it is being, I think, written in the 80s, there is a sense of morality about it all. And, of course, everyone's going to have a different opinion on uh, giving a child away. I mean, it's a very big issue. Um, 
I think uh, the whole Shakespearean sense of it too, you know, with the ending, which we won't get a give away for those who haven't seen it. But um, it definitely has a, a moral sense, and I think that's up to the audience to make up their own minds once they leave the theatre. Mm. Well, I can't wait. What yeah, I actually love the music in it too. A lot of people remember, they see it, they remember the story because the story is so gripping, and it's such an incredible journey that often musicals um, don't dare to go on. Mm. Um, and so, you know, for people who are a fan of musical theatre, they love it for that reason. People who don't normally see musicals, they see it because of that reason, yeah. because it's something different. But the music is is incredible. It's got some of like it's got some of my favourite. What are music. your favourites? E- Easy Terms yes. is one of my oh, all time favourite music theatre songs. Mm-hmm. Um, mine too. And I get to do the reprise with Helen in Beautiful Harmony. We've sort of recreated a new musical moment there. Seriously? And it's one Can't of my wait. favourite parts of the, the musical. And tell me it's not true. Yeah. The is, is the, the, the sob story. I mean, again, you know, uh, you don't want to sort of preempt what people are going to feel. But generally, it's, there's a huge emotional point at the end, you know, in its Shakespearean sense that is going to t- bring everybody to some point of emotion. Take your tissues, I think, is That's the what message. I say. Well, with, with these boys, yes. <laughs> There's not a dry seat in the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that isn't reason enough to go along and see it, I don't know what is. Uh, it's called Blood Brothers. It's at the Alex Theatre. It all kicks off on the 16th of July, a limited three-week season. So uh, people are going to have to be quick to uh, get along and see this. You can go to bloodbrothersthemusical.com.au for all of your info. Well done, boys. Lovely to meet you. Thanks for coming in. The Royal Daltons with Michael and Glenn on Joy 94.9. Yeah, great to have your company on The Royal Daltons. Now, would you, Michael, describe yourself as someone who's addicted to anything? Um, Mm -hmm. No, not really. No? No. Well, this next man uh, confesses to being an addict and confesses to be addicted to something that you and I have a little bit of familiarity with. Yes. That is Grinder. His name is Gavin Roche and his show is called Confessions of a Grinder Addict. Welcome to the Royal Daltons. Oh, thank you for having me here. Well, we want to know, obviously, we'll we'll get on to Grinder, but what is this this gig all about? Uh, So Confessions of a Grinder Addict follows the adventures of Felix, who is my alter ego. Uh, he's getting ready to head out on a date with somebody that he hasn't met on Grinder. So, of course, he starts drinking and before you know it, he's consumed a bottle of wine and starts lamenting on the days of when he was on Grinder because he's deleted it so that he could go out fresh for the date. Oh, yes. And then it starts uh, turning into the confession. So you start to hear about all the adventures that he's had and all of the amazing things like the kebab cock. Um, Tell us, what is that? <laughs> you, can't, again, you can't just keep rolling on, Gavin Roche. No, it's more just how to describe um, you know, the certain appendage okay. that's quite meaty. Right. Um, and so, yeah, and then it's a nice little tender moment where I cry, hopefully. Um, and it has a happy ending, we hope, well, as it all should. Like all good grinder exactly. <laughs> encounters should. Yeah. Now, what, exactly. um, what, made you do, what made you come up with this then? Do you use grinder? Uh, I did. Um, I came up with it because at the time I wanted to write something. I wanted to dip my hand into playwriting. So I followed the age-old adage, uh, or idea sorry, of write what you know, yep. which was grinder. And I was very good at um, the grind. And it was in the early days when it was just new and fresh. So I wrote a small 10-minute piece and performed that in Sydney. And then before I knew it, it uh, evolved into the hour-long piece that it is now and confesses all of my stories. But you you gave up Grindr, though, obviously, at some point. Um, 
I wouldn't say I gave it up. I'd more say not that, like your character then. No, you're an occasional user. Is that what you're yeah, saying? I'm, yeah, I'm more of the drunken 4 a.m. I wonder who's online. Right, user. that's always bad. I yeah, it's always bad. <laughs> All good. But we um, well, had a word good. earlier with, a, with someone who's, who's uh, who works at Joy, who mentioned that it isn't always a sex site. I mean, oh, most of the time, it for is. conversation or yeah, 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 recipe. Yeah, I've met some um, wonderful friends in Sydney that I've still got now and we met on Grindr, um, which is one thing that I really love about it because it it widens the community. And it All right, means... I don't want to hear about the things you love about it. Tell us the funny things about uh, Grindr. <laughs> oh, um... Oh, I love the when you show up at somebody's house and they really don't look like the way they should. What have you done? I'll tell you what I've done. Um, I, I once um, faked vomiting. Um, oh, my God. Like, not actual projectile exorcist style, but we were kind of making out and then I started to do the dry reaching and the body body shuddering. Was that uh, putting that on or was that... About, ex- no, I was putting it on. Yeah. Um, and then but I why just... did you let it get to the point where you were kissing? Yeah. Well, because I was a nice guest. Oh. Um, and so then I went to this young gentleman's bathroom and made the appropriate noises. Oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Oh. And then I'm really not well. Got handfuls of water and threw it into the into the toilet for the splashing effect. Oh. And then walked out and I just said, I'm really sorry, I vomited in your bathroom. And then he's like, buddy, that's really rude. You have to go. Oh, my God, what? All right. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm the rude one. I'll go. Yeah. 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 And, Thanks, know, Quasimodo. <laughs> exactly. Jumped a few... Few levels down, and in the elevator, ground someone else. It was wow. fine. Oh, seriously? Um, no. Oh, that would no, have been maybe. good. Um, oh, God. Maybe that's what Alex does. There was one, yeah. Felix. Sorry. Felix. Yes. There was one time I did wake up at a gentleman's house that I didn't know how I got there, um, and oh, message I've never, never done that. No. Messaged a friend to see if he wanted to go out for breakfast, and we realised we were a few floors. Oh my God! Like, between that's us. fantastic. Yeah. One of my friends, he uh, uh, didn't have his face pick uh, on Grindr, oh, and uh, either do I. But anyway, he um, was uh, a, a, another friend of ours had just stayed over because he lived out in Ringwood, and um, they were in the same bed. And uh, my friend went on Grinder, and the guy that was next to him sent him a message because he didn't know who it was, <laughs> and then just said, "Oh wow, you're really close." And he um, he said, "All right, I'm going to touch you on the shoulder right now," and just leant over and touched. Oh, that is brilliant. Yeah. Yes. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. No, I love the boys in their profile pictures who um, Photoshop a little bit too heavily and then Photoshop their eyebrows out. People need eyebrows. Why? I don't Why? know. I don't know. And uh, you mentioned that you get emotional in this. Is that difficult then each and every night? Um, no, because I kind of... Um, it, it's all drawn from my own personal experiences, so I do kind of remember the days of, you know, before Grinder. Um, which is kind of where the emotional bit comes from, that idea of, you know, seeing somebody across a room who's looking at you, the butterflies in the stomach, all things like that, that you kind of miss out on Grinder. You don't get that fun lead up. And it's sort of interesting because uh, gays were well and truly ahead of the game with this. We had Grinder oh, like totally. five or six years ago. Tinder's only taken off in the last kind of six months or so. Mm. And so uh, it's very much the case that, oh, yeah, uh, you know, we're, we're well and truly, that track is well and truly worn. Yeah, I've had to train a few friends on Tinder mm. where they're like, ooh, it's fun. And then a friend of mine throws her down. She's like, okay, take it away. I don't know what to do. I'm like, that guy's wasting your time. But that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just throw them down. And, um, what about uh, this is 
for Niche. Yes. What is, let us know a little bit about Niche. Uh, so Niche is the uh, National Institute for Challenging Homophobia Education. Uh, it was set up by Daniel Whithouse. Mm-hmm. And it's all about um, sort of anti-homophobia education and... So he goes out to schools and yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 which I, I love going in sort of on a really ground level, I guess, um, to, to talk about changing people's language and getting in with, um, you know, high school kids to get them to really think about the way that they're talking to each other and the way mm. that they're speaking. Because and the words, uh, that's okay, was used quite a lot for yes, a while, wasn't it? Yes, exactly. And Maybe it is now, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, and and gay shouldn't be synonymous with something like stupid. It's it's you Don't use that word in a derogatory way. No. Because you don't know if that 14-year-old boy or girl in the corner of the room is then going, well, then I'm turning into then something... Then I am rubbish. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm turning into something that is you know, horrible and no one's going to love me. And mm. So this, uh, pe- these performances, and we'll get the dates in a moment, these performances are actually going to help raise money for yeah. that so people can then uh, go out to schools and provide that education. Definitely. So all the profits go straight to niche. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, uh, people need to be quick because this is two nights only. It's at Gasworks Theatre and uh, it's the 12th and 13th of June this weekend. This yes. Weekend, yes. So this Friday and Saturday, it's all happening. I'm very ready. Yeah. Well, people need to get to gasworks.org.au. Confessions of a Grinder Attic. You may have seen it before because it was uh, here as part of Midsummer. Yeah, it was here part yep. of Midsummer uh, 2012, mm-hmm. and then Melbourne Fringe 2012. Yep. So it's and, been three uh, years. Yes, uh, well and truly critically acclaimed. So get along and see it. Conf- Confessions of a Grinder Addict, uh, 12th and 13th at Gasworks Theatre. Gasworks.org.au. Gavin Roach, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hi, this is Rhonda Birchmore on the Royal Daltons. Like me, this show has got legs. Well, welcome back, everybody. It is the Royal Dons, Glenn and Michael, mm-hmm. and uh, we're giving away an album. Paulini's album, no less. It is called Come Alive. Yes. And you can win it if you're a Joy member and you haven't won anything in the last week. Exactly right. Now, uh, Michael Dalton, people may or may not know that uh, you were a child star. No. Weren't you? No. People may not know that you played the title role of Oliver in uh, the West End production of Oliver Twist. That's right. That's a child star. No, it is not. Yes, it is. Do you remember how much you got paid for that? Yes. How much? Six pounds a performance. So it's like $10 a performance. Yeah, but money was different back in 1980, but But, it was still dreadful, dreadful money. Yeah, I would have thought you'd be getting at least $100. No, and uh, but my mum and dad always kept saying, well, you know, we'd have given him money. We would have given him money for him to do that (laughs) role. Oh, God bless them. You know... Yeah, of course. Where is this going? Well, um, people may not know that I, too, had uh, childhood experiences with show business. But I'm talking, of course, television. Yes. Because um, people may not know that uh, I did uh, have a featured role in a television show on a major television network. It is uh, adorable. Back in the 90s. It is adorable. Mm. Is it really the 90s? Oh, uh, yeah, early 90s. Ni- it was a lot earlier. Than it's that. 1990. Really? 1990. Just then. Yeah. Just missed out on the 80s. Yeah, I know. Well, what is the name of the television show? So it's a TV show called AFL Squadron. Right. Which is a quiz show for uh, football. Mm hmm. And uh, um, I think I've told this story before that uh, basically one day our school principal said, all right, um, we've got three positions to be on this quiz show. And this Were was- you mates 
then. Yeah, ah. yeah. And and so it was all people at our school, right. in our class. And, um, you know, if it was around now, they would have boys and girls, but this show only ever had boys yeah. on it. Well, uh, girls didn't know anything about it. About football, I no. I guess they did, but they just... You know, they didn't think that girls were interested. Just didn't think mm. girls were anything. And so there were only three boys in our grade six class, very small school. And so the three of us got to go to Channel Seven and be on the quiz show. Harry Lyons mm-hmm. hosted um, it. Very, I mean, I you know I don't know if you love him now and if, mm. you know, but um, back then very green, very green, but very good looking. People have been saying really. Mm. I didn't get that. Yeah. And uh, basically, you've seen it because um, I found it on VHS of it uh, over the weekend and uh, got it put on YouTube. <laughs> God, you didn't waste any time, did you? <laughs> nah, as soon as I get an idea in my head, it's got to happen. Well, um, are we allowed to reveal that you... Ah, oh, that well, the story goes that I didn't really know anything about football, even though we did go to, to the football all of the time. And so I got home and I said to my mum, Guess what? I'm going to be on AFL Squadron. Yes. And mum's like, well, you need to study. You need to study. And so all weekend, and she knew that I had a good memory yeah. and a good ability to be able to learn things reasonably quickly. And so all weekend, she made me learn. She ran through with me the captains of all the teams, wow. the home grounds, the coaches, etc., etc. And you really didn't know... Any of that? Probably not, no. Wow. Oh, well, I don't know, maybe. Maybe a little of your own, obviously. Yeah, maybe, yeah, exactly. But, uh, and yes, then I was victorious. <laughs> that was That is amazing. Did your, um, do you credit your mother then with all your learning? Not all not, of it. Not just that. Not all of but it, But no. as you grew up. Oh, uh, right. The only reason that you, no, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean. The yeah. only reason that you. Oh, that model worked. If I had an exam, mum, you got to yeah. help me study all weekend. Wow. That is that's that's some mum. It is some mum. And that's some mum you got there. <laughs> right. And what I loved is that you won this um, like red bag, yes. you know, bra- red branded bag. Yeah. And uh, someone put on a comment on Facebook, "Do you still have the bag?" Bag, and I said, "I don't think I do." Bam! Linda's up there with the bag. Within, I reckon, two minutes, my mum put a photo up of the bag. And then she she said to to your brother, "Do you want me to put up your special things?" <laughs> That made me really laugh. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll put it on our Facebook page if you want to check it out. It's very very funny. It's, um, it's yeah. definitely good viewing. The Royal Dalton's Facebook page. Hello, this is Helen Reddy, and I'm on the Royal Dalton's. That ain't no way to treat a lady. Oh, you are with the Royal Dalton's, but we know how to treat a lady, don't we, Michael Dalton? Yeah, we do. We've got one right in the studio We've right now. We've got a lady. <laughs> we do indeed. And she's doing a show called The Songs That Got Away. Her name is Joanna Allen. Welcome to the Royal Dalton. Why, thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, no. go on. Oh, this show is about <laughs> Harold Arlen. Now, it we is. mentioned earlier that uh, everyone would have heard a song by Harold Arlen. Everyone knows the songs. No one knows the man. Well, Isn't that weird? Yeah. And yet they also probably know the, the, the women who made his music famous as well. Yes. Okay. Well, give us some of them. Ella Fitzgerald, mm. Peggy Lee. Never heard of him. Never heard. Miss Miss Garland, of well, course. Uh, the one and of, only. A couple of gays oh, know about it? the Garland. <laughs> I would think. To be honest. Isn't it think... um, Judy's birthday today? I oh, think it is. Oh, happy birthday if you're listening. Yeah. Happy birthday, Judy. Thanks <laughs> for the memory. Somewhere over the rainbow. Yeah, she is. Now, yeah, uh, yeah somewhere over the rainbow, the yes. man that got away, mm-hmm. that old black magic, mm-hmm. and, you know, dozens more. Stormy weather, so many famous songs. And he championed the women who sang his songs, and his music got famous. But 
partly due to who he was and, and partly circumstances. He he never became a household name. People know Cole Porter. They know Irving Berlin, but no one knew Mr. And, and why is that, do we know? Well, yeah, look, he, he led a very interesting life, but he, in his words he says, um, I never had the talent for talking myself up the wasn't way some he? of my oh. contemporaries He was have. quite an enigma, wasn't he? He was very enigmatic. He he chose, he said, and he, he couldn't really, for a man who said so much in music, he struggled to say what he wanted to in words. He said it in music, and he said that too. Everything I want to say, everything I feel, I pour into my song. Was he a gay? Look, no, he wasn't. But no one, oh, look, I don't want to, I, there are things I don't know. But as far as I know, he married a Russian woman called Anya, but their marriage was not an easy one. And no. Yes. So Anya, look, Anya. Anya, Anya, indeed. Now, what led you then to harness all of this and put it into a show? I was preparing for a gig and I had piles of music all around me. I had Stormy Weather, I had Blues in the Night, I had Old Black Magic, all these songs that I loved singing. And I suddenly went, oh, they're great songs. Who wrote them? I don't know. Oh, my God, the the same man wrote all of them. And literally I had this pile of music by the same person and I didn't know, you know, who Harold Arlen was, which led me to investigate a little further. And, you know, I loved The Wizard of Oz as a child. I did Wicked for three years. I've... The parallels between The Wizard of Oz and his life are all there. And he ended up, of course, writing all the music for the film and the one and only Over the Rainbow. Which wasn't um, destined to be in the movie, was it? Was not. It was in and out 11 times. Is that right? Um, Gershwin had to run into the offices and say, if this song doesn't make you a ton of money, you can fire me. Put put his life on the line for his friend. Um, uh, Yip Harburg, who was his lyricist, said, I don't know, it doesn't sound like Dorothy too grown up, too sad. Um, people had to fight for it, including Harold. And in fact, he was so nervous that even when the song won the Academy Award, he was pacing outside the auditorium. Judy collected it. This is all in the show. I'm giving you a sneak peek. No, I love and, it. And um, a journalist asked him what he was doing there and he said, I'm a songwriter. And, they, and she went, oh, anything I heard of? Meanwhile, he's just won the Academy Award. Oh, wow. So his life is filled with these moments where, you know, he doesn't get the The songs get... Great acclaim and success. The man doesn't. When you do these songs, are mm. you doing them uh, all your own way or it's, do you borrow a little bit of I borrow a little. You can't do The Man That Got Away without borrowing from one Ms Judy Garland. No. I, I do it somewhere in between. I, I do... Um, voice the women. For example, there's a moment where I'm Peggy Lee. There's a moment where I'm Young Judy, and I have quotes from the women because she had a, she said very famous things about him and him being the only man that ever only person that she worked with that ever treated her like an equal, even when she was 14. When they met, they first met at a party um, for the MGM Kids, mm. and um, she went up to him and said how much she liked the way he played the piano because he was hired to be the piano player at this party. And um, they became friends and, and they were confidants and friends all of his life. So I don't, I don't pretend to have written a tribute show, but certainly when I embody the women, for example, there's an Ethel Waters section who um, he started with at the Cotton Club. I try to pay tribute to them in the best sense of the word without doing an imitation. And what are your favourites to sing? Oh, I love Stormy Weather. Yeah, I, I love that song. And I love it because he wrote it, in his words, for women who didn't have a voice. He wrote it for, for Ethel Waters, who didn't ever, you know, she was a maid when Arlen met her. Oh. Working as a maid and he got her, you know, on stage. And then Lena Horne You must it. have a good voice. Oh, I love the music. It's, a, it's joyous to sing and there's so much sass in it, so much melancholy. You know, every song's a story. Wow, this is going to be fun. It's all happening at the Melbourne Recital Centre this weekend, the 12th and 13th 
of June uh, called The Songs That Got Away, the music of Harold Arlen. Joanna Arlen, you are a beauty. Aww, You're right back I'm back you. whenever you like. Why, thank Ever you. you like. Lots You're with the love. Royal Daltons on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.